Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Glory to God. Well, thank God for the Easter season. We love it. The Christmas season, the Easter season, but we like the season of God's blessing and goodness, which we've been in for many, many years. We thank God for it. Uh, This is uh, Palm Sunday, and I know last week we were teaching on uh, Jehoshaphat and the mighty battle and uh, victory that God wrought on their behalf, and we'll get back to that particular teaching, uh, not next Sunday, but the next Sunday after that. And so, uh, if you will, you can turn in your Bibles uh, this morning uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll take a portion of Scripture from there. I've made a few notes because I wanted to really stay in in, uh, context of what God is telling us, what God is speaking to us. And also, uh, you know, it's my heart as a pastor and as a teacher in the body of Christ to, uh, uh, to bring exactly what the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to me, to the church, and to whoever else is listening. But not only that, uh, to help address, you know, current situations uh, in order to, uh, that you may navigate them correctly according to the Word of God. Let me give you an example. Uh, you know, 18 years ago, uh, we had uh, the, the 9-11 incident, which, you know, affected the entire nation. The, uh, the terrorist attack that took place uh, there in New York City uh, that took out several buildings. It, it was just, you know, a disaster and a, and a great terror. And... Uh, uh, I actually, that took place, I believe, on a Tuesday. And that Saturday, I flew from Houston Hobby Airport to the airport in El Paso, Texas. I was beginning a meeting in, uh, uh, in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, a revival meeting. I remember that plane flight. Myself and one other person was on the airplane. And uh, the uh, pilot came over the uh, intercom system and declared, don't worry, I've got a gun and I'll take care of any problem that arises. Well, there was only two of us. So I and uh, he, he looked at me and I looked at him and I think we were both okay. Amen. But uh, I didn't have to search for really something to preach uh, on that particular Sunday morning. When I walked in, the church was packed, standing room only, and you could sense fear. And right out of Isaiah 43... Uh, I begin to address the subject of fear, and God gave us a glorious deliverance uh, from the fear that tried to come on people. But not only that, we went Sunday through Wednesday, two services a day, and just had a glorious meeting in that particular church. Now, in this, this particular season that we're in, and I'm not talking about now the season of, that the church is in, I'm talking about the world is in. Uh, there's been an interruption. It's amazing. The Lord spoke that to us, actually, I think it was July the... 26th, I think, was the exact date that the Lord spoke that there was a great interruption coming, but it would also be a great adventure in faith. But not only that, we've addressed the subject of change uh, many times uh, over the past two or three years. Now, that's unique. God gave me a, how can I say this, a revelation of this subject uh, way back in about 1996-97 when God began to deal with me about leaving field ministry and coming to Island Church. Well, I'll tell you, I was very resistant against that. And I was like, you know, that's not, you know, I don't feel like that's part of what I want to do in my vision. So God had to really work on me. And one of the ways He did it was by His Word. Because He gave me uh, a revelation on the subject of change. And I taught it and preached it everywhere I went. Not realizing that the number one person I was preaching it to was me. And I ended up in a great change and a great transition of life and it brought us to where we are today. 
because of change and transition. That's 18 years ago. Now it's been 18 years and here we are in the midst of another change and transition. I, I, you have to use those two words together because if there is a change, then there's going to be a transition because of what that change dictates. Now, let me just say this. Uh, there is outward change which takes place, which none of us have control over. Uh, uh, I know that we've, we suffered a major storm here in 2008. Uh, that was a major change. I mean, we had to, we had to transition into a period of restoration, what basically took us almost three years to, for the church to be restored back. We lost over a third of the congregation, uh, not by something that happened in the church, by something that happened outside the church. It caused a great change to take place, but that was not worldwide. This is a worldwide change. You say, Pastor, are we going to go back to normal? I do not know what normal is going to be defined at, uh, defined as in the next few uh, months, weeks and months. I don't know what that's going to be. But here's why I'm approaching this subject so reverently this morning and trusting that in your heart and in your spirit you will get a hold of this this morning. The outward change is not by choice. Uh, I don't choose to, uh, uh, to minister to a, to a church this morning that has 400 empty seats. Uh, I don't choose to you know, do this day after day after day just coming to you uh, by the internet uh, or by social uh, media. That's not my choice. But we've had to change. We've had to make an adjustment in order to do that. We're in a transition right now. Uh, not only that, I know that you, uh, you many of you would not choose to uh, work at home. You would not choose to uh, have to shut down your business. Uh, you would not choose the things that are going on. It's like a demanded change that it's upon you. But the Lord really spoke to me very powerfully in prayer as we've been praying and uh, as we've navigated this situation through prayer. The Lord spoke to me and said, now this outward change that's being forced, you must realize there must be an inward change and transition in the hearts of God's people so that when we get on the other side of this, we will be able to accept and flow in the new normal that's going to be our lives. You say, well, Pastor, I think we're just going to go back to everything the way it was. I don't think that's going to happen. Because of what's happened physically, what's happening financially, uh, there, are some, uh, there are some paradigm shifts that are going on. And I want you to know this, church. I don't know if you sense this in your own heart or spirit. I do. Uh, the ministers that I talk to uh, 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 sense this. But there's a major paradigm shift, paradigm shift in the body of Christ. God is causing a change to happen in our hearts. Uh, we're exiting uh, everything that was... And we're coming into everything that is in this day and hour. I truly believe this is the end time revival and harvest that people have been prophesying at, that it is in the Word of God. Sure, there may be difficult times. There may be, may be some uh, what I call cross-dispensational events take place where there's some uh, things that are judgment that happens. But let me just say this. Uh, in the midst of all of this, the greatest hour of the church is going to be put in our hands. It's going to be afforded us. So there's going to have to be some change on the inside of us. And that change and transition is going to lead to some brand new things in life, brand new things in ministry that are going to be just glorious. Listen, I don't want to miss what God is doing more than anything. I would give everything in my life, sell everything that I had. I mean, everything that's dear to me to make sure that I was right there in the middle of what God's doing in the earth today. I know you're the same way. I know we all want to be a part of it. What a glorious, 
a testimony it is to God allowing us to be alive in this day and hour and be a part of what's going on the earth. Amazing times. I heard one guy say, these are, these are such uh, uh, times of such terror. No, they're amazing times with such dangerous opportunity that we need to, that we need to press into in every area. Now, just in a moment, I'm going to have Leah read the Scripture. She's got a couple of transla- uh, translations. But I went through the Bible, and I didn't, I didn't get them all. I just picked out a few changes that have taken place in the Bible, in the Word of God, that were amazing, that were, that were profound changes. The first great change that took place was creation. You know, the Bible says in the beginning, uh, uh, the earth was void and without form. Now listen, uh, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form. That means the earth was, but it was void and without form. So what God did is God began to speak His Word and His Word began to change what was to what is right now. It was global. It was universal. It was our, it was our almighty sovereign God creating by the power of His Word and the moving of the Spirit of God on the earth. Look at uh, creation amazes me. I have seen creation in its glory. I've seen creation in its awesome terror. I've seen creation uh, just, uh, you know, nature in ways that uh, just leave me profoundly amazed at the wisdom of God. The, the glory of color and the flowers and the, and the beauty of, of, the, of the tropics and the, and the, and the grandeur of it. I remember standing on a, on a mountain in Finland and I'm, I was looking uh, northwestward toward the great expanse of Siberia. And I was trying to grasp in my mind the vastness of that. And it just blew me away. And I just stood there for a moment in awe of creation and in awe of the God of creation that brought such change through His Word to this earth. I stood in the, in the, in the uh, uh, Hawaiian Islands and looked out over that vast uh, Pacific Ocean. I remember the first time we went to the Philippines and we flew from Kansas City to Los Angeles and then Los Angeles to Hawaii. In Hawaii, we had a little, uh, a little layover, and then we flew 10 hours from Honolulu, Hawaii, to Manila in the Philippines. 10 hours in an airliner flying over nothing but open ocean. How, how awesome is creation? How awesome is our God that can speak His Word and bring such change to His own creation? Uh, then there was the fall. What a change that was. Um, that was not a positive change. That was a negative change. In which, in which uh, creation itself fell. Uh, all the thorns begin to grow. The animal kingdom fell. Uh, of course, we know humanity fell. That was a tremendous change. And then the next global change we saw after that was the flood, where the entire planet was flood. The judgment of God came down upon this earth and flooded this earth and killed every living thing upon the earth except that which was secured in the ark of God. Isn't that amazing? And then we can go into the changes that begin to happen in individuals. Abraham, he was Abram. His name was changed to Abraham, the father of many nations. He bore Isaac. Of course, we know that Joseph, uh, 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 Jacob's son, uh, had a great change. He went from a favored son into a pit. He went into slavery and he ended up as the prince of Egypt. And God used him to make a preparation for God's people as that nation grew for 400 years in the nation of Egypt. After that, 
another great change. Uh, the, the, the wonderful Jewish culture is celebrating right now a Passover in which God brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt. What a change that was. Literally one day they were living in Goshen in Egypt as slaves and the next day they were on the road with gold and jewels and all kinds of provision heading for a land, the Bible says, that flowed with milk and honey. What a powerful change that was. And then all we could see through, through the judges and then there was a great change. Israel demanded a king. We want a king. We want a king. They went from a theocracy to a monarch. But thank God God was able to use that. And out of the very lineage of David, one of the greatest changes of the universe happened. And a virgin conceived and bore a son. And they called his name Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And something very unique in, in the existence of man, in the eternal sovereignty of God happened. Jesus came and died on the cross as the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He took our, our sickness, our disease, our poverty. He took our iniquity. He took our sin. He applied His blood to the doorpost of our hearts and then He poured His blood upon the mercy seat and God granted to humanity. Now listen to this. Not a change, but a newness. The Bible says we are buried with Him by baptism into death. That as Christ was raised from the dead, we also walk in newness of life. And for the first time since creation, the fall, the flood, all of the changes of the old covenant, God provided something other than change for man and that is the newness that salvation brings. Yeah, my life changed after I got born again. Yes, my life changed after I began to serve the Lord. But it was because of the newness of God. The Bible doesn't say we're changed creatures in Christ. We are new creatures in Christ. And because we are new creatures in Christ, there should be change after change after change after change as we change from glory to glory and from faith to faith. Now that scripture, there in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Pastor Leah, would you read that for us in the translations that you have? Okay. I'm going to start with the New King James. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Now I want to read it in the Amplified. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into His very own image in ever-increasing splendor, and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. That, that's my favorite translation. Right. I love that amplified. Now, I, I want to just take a moment, and, and as I've done in the past, and give you some definitions, but not just a definition from a, from, a, from a Webster's Dictionary. I also got into my Strong's Concordant, did my word studies. And I've done this before over it, but I just kind of refreshed myself. Now, change can both be uh, addressed or used as a verb and a noun. I'll show that to you in just a moment. But in its transient verb form, to change means to make radically different, to give a different uh, position, a different course, or a direction, to replace 
with another are to go through a modification. Now, we must understand that right now, here we are, we, we live in Texas, the upper co uh, 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 coast of the uh, state of Texas in the United States, and our seasons are changing right now. Now this is really a cool time if you don't know what uh, uh, happens in Texas. We are not really afforded a lot of the beauty of the fall season uh, that they have like up in New England and, and some of those places. I've got to experience some of that a couple of times as, as, we, as we have ministered in those areas. And those leaves up there just they bear every color of the... They're so beautiful. Well, we do have some of that, but actually the more spectacular season uh, that we have in Texas is our spring. In spring, the flowers bloom. Uh, actually, coming to church this morning, I noticed uh, the highway that comes into town. We have a plant called an oleander, which is actually from Africa, that's planted. All, and they're all beginning to bud and bloom. We have uh, the azaleas are blooming, the blue bonnets, the Indian paintbrushes. Man, I mean, Texas comes alive with color in the spring. It's such a change from winter. And it's just a life. It's just, it's just coming, uh, you know, all of the things that are going on in nature. And it's a change. And the weather's changing. It's getting warmer. And that gives us an understanding of it. But now, as you dig into the Word of God, and you begin to go into the Greek and look at what it says, that's actually a different form of the word. And it is the word in the Greek, metamorpho, which we get a word metamorphosis from, which means to change from the inside to the outward. Which is gives us, a, you know, in our own nature, we have like the butterfly that starts as, as a caterpillar. Then all of a sudden he web, uh, uh, weaves his cocoon and in that chrysalis he, he, he turns into a, a caterpillar. And when he bursts out of it, you don't ever think, uh, you know, flying worm. It's got a brand new identity. It's a caterpillar. I mean, excuse me, it's a caterpillar. It's a butterfly, amen. And that is a, 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 a dramatic, radical change that takes place. And so we must understand that the change that we're talking about that is inward to the outward, that is the change that God wants to produce in our lives. Now, Lee and I in our life, we've experienced so many different changes. And they take place like this so that you'll understand it. All of a sudden, in your own spirit, man, a desire will begin to raise up. That desire will get stronger and stronger as you feed it. The Bible says, those that delight themselves in the Lord, God will give them the desires of their heart. That desire will begin to grow on the inside of you. Uh, the only way I can describe it is like a child that grows in the womb. It's the good seed of the Word of God that's in the womb of your spirit. And this desire that begin, it begins to grow. Now what it is, it's God dictating change into your life. Uh, we've experienced it in ministry. We've experienced it personally with our family. Uh, uh, for many, many years we had no desire to have children. But because we delighted ourselves in the Lord, a little desire began to grow. We begin to feed that desire. We begin to worship and praise God. We begin to pray over, Lord, what is your desire for our lives? And I'll tell you what, in a couple of years, we had Breland, and what Breland was, was a great change in our life, but she was also the manifestation of the desire of our heart. Things had to change in our personality, had to change in our schedule. We had to become parents and learn what that meant. We had to raise a child in our home. It was a great change, but then the transition that took place, even unto this day, we had to use our faith, we had to use wisdom, we had to use uh, the inside of other people that we knew, and it was a great blessing to our life. In the same way in ministry, man, we had no desire to pioneer a church. Our desire was the nations of the world and the cities of our nation. 
Our desire was revival meetings. But you know, all of a sudden, as we continued to pray, not our wills, but your be, uh, but not our will, but your be done, yours be done, way down in our spirit, this little seed got planted. I'll never forget laying across a bed in Huntsville, Texas, with my with my Bible open and my prayer log open, and I'd been praying in the spirit, preparing myself for about two hours, and I was just fixing to get up off the bed and and go into the uh, uh, the other room and begin to get ready for the service, to put my suit and tie and everything on and and get ready to go to the service. And right there, as I begin to move to get up off the bed, the Lord spoke two two words to me: Island Church. I thought, hmm, wonder what that means. Island Church. At that time, we were busy. An island of Ireland. Building churches, preaching revivals, preaching... We were busy in the uh, uh, state of Hawaii, uh, preaching. and So I, I really didn't know that what that meant. Island, I wrote it down in my prayer log. I wrote it down, came back to it, prayed over it. Came, next thing I know, the God begins to expand. That desire begins to grow. He began to say, I want you to pioneer island church. I thought, hmm, wonder where that's going to be. Then finally when God spoke to us and said, I want you to partner Island Church down in Galveston, Texas, that's when the resistance began. We were like, Lord, we'll go to Hawaii. Lord, we'll go to Ireland. We'll go anywhere, but not Galveston. Lord, that's where we're from. That's, that, that's where we grew up. That's where we've been for all of these years. We were part of a dynamic church, not on the island, but in the county. So the Lord had to begin to work on us. There had to be changes in our heart. There had to be changes from the inside out in order to obey the will of God. So change begins with your desire and your interaction with the Word of God. Many of you need change in your life so that you can proceed down the path of righteousness that God has for you. Listen, if all we ever do is use the Word of God to try and get our needs met, then we're actually missing the whole point of what the Word of God has been given to us for. The Word of God has been given to us for a destiny. Uh, one of our wonderful uh, uh, praise and worship couples uh, that are uh, they're part of the ten that are with us here right now listening to the, to the sermon. Wonderful. Uh, God is just, they're just a gift to our church. But their testimony uh, of how they got here, they're not from Galveston. They're not from America. Uh, they're from the Philippine Islands. And their life has so radically changed in the past few years as they have followed the desire of their heart. And if I were to say, well, Pastor Lee and I are going to go sit down and we're going to let them come up here and tell you their testimony, it would be a testimony of one change after the next, after the next, after the next, as they have followed a path of righteousness and caused them to end up right here in Galveston, Texas. Now listen, every one of us need to be involved in that same process. You say, you think God may move me out of Galveston? I don't know what God has for you. All I know that He has something glorious for you that's going to take a change in your own heart and then you're going to have to have a boldness and you're going to have to have a literally a courage to transition into what that change is dictating. Now, now the word transition, it means literally to pass from one state or from one stage to another. Uh, a couple of examples. Examples. The example in the, in the Webster Dictionary uh, used a sentence like this. Our company has transitioned from old school technology to what we are today. Well, that means they, they did something. You say, what do you mean they did something? Well, they looked at the technology they had. Uh, they took out the push-button phone. Uh, they took out the, uh, the typewriter. Uh, they took out the ad machine. And they added computers. And that caused what? That transition. Now, what do they have to do? They're, they're in transition. Many times there's discomfort. 
Yeah, people had to learn how to be uh, uh, proficient on the computer. They had to learn how to use uh, other different uh, uh, implements that they use in business that are much more technolo uh, technologically advanced. So people had to be trained. Say, well, I'm comfortable with just writing things down. Oh, I'm just I'm more comfortable with the typewriter. But no, you had to change. You had to transition in to the technology of the day and hour. Many of our churches are doing that right now as we've had to transition over into media ministry. We did not put the emphasis on media ministry for all of the years of our ministry because we preached to crowds. But now our crowds are not in the auditorium. Our crowds are on this technology. They're on the... Listen, it's not been comfortable. We've had to navigate some things, go through some things. You've had to do it also. You've had some changes in your own life. Where on Sunday morning, you got up with your children. You, you dressed. You, you, know, you stopped at the donut shop or, or Starbucks. You came to church. Uh, the kids went to their classes. Uh, we worshiped God together. Uh, we fellowshiped. Listen, I believe that's all going to change back. But there's going to be some transition that is going to take place that it may not be the same it'll be better as God enhances every person that transitions into that which God is doing I can remember Lee and I are part of a very powerful church for many years we were so blessed to be a part of the uh, kind of the uh, the cutting edge of that church and every change that came out of the pastor's vision there was resistance to it I remember when we uh, the Lord spoke to the pastor and said to go on television well there's a lot of people that were like why, why should we go on, go on television? Why, why should we do that? There's always a question of a why when God says to do something. Many times corporately, if you're part of a church, I know here at Island Church, we're, uh, we're building a building and people are saying, well, why do we need to build a building? You know, we should wait till we're doing three or four services in the building that we have. Well, the reason we're doing it is God is preparing us for something down the road. Uh, we've said this for years about building a building. We're not building it for the people that are coming right now. We're building it for the people that are going to come, that are going to get saved that are going to get touched. So we've got to change our hearts and go through the transition of that which change dictates. Now, here's the part that I have found uh, very interesting over my life of serving the Lord in ministry. The most dynamic and the most profound changes are the private changes that take place between you and God. Where God visits you in your heart, reveals something about your own personality, your own makeup, your own life, and says to you, this is an area where you're going to have to change. It may, be, it may be fear. I remember when Lee and I first got married and, and our ministry really took off and began to, and I began to travel a lot. And, and Leah had an issue with fear and had to deal with it. Well, you know, there's really no uh, great change in, in our lifestyles. Or, but she had to go on the inward, on the inside, and bring the Word of God and go through a transition time and come out of that transition free from that fear. And it radically changed her personality, her spirit man, everything about her, where now that fear cannot intimidate her. I remember when she, uh, we first got married, uh, for the first three or four years at Christmas time, we always ended up in the emergency room. Some crazy virus or something would get into her throat, and she would actually have to go and get treatment for it. Year after year, after year. Now listen, there needed to be a change. And there had to be some transition. Now all I could do was agree with her faith. But listen, she got into that word. She got into those healing scriptures. I'd see her go up in prayer lines to get prayed for. She stood in her faith. And she brought through the transition that that faith imparted into her, she brought a change into her physical body. And I don't believe you've had that throat problem 
in 25 years. No, Hadn't had that throat problem in 25 years. See, there was, a, there was a change by the Word of God. Then that transition time in which what? Symptoms would come. We'd have to stand. We'd have to worship God. We'd have to believe we receive. We'd have to press in. But eventually we got to the place of victory. Now let me just say this. Victory that comes through change and transition is victory you never lose. You never lose it. I guarantee you if it's a financial thing, if it's something in your mindset, if it's something in your physical body, whatever it may be, if it's fear you're dealing with, if it's loneliness that you're dealing with, if it's isolation, no matter what it is. And listen, situations like the change that's going on in this world exacerbates the weaknesses of our life. If you're given to intimidation, this could intimidate you greatly. If you're given to fear, this could cause great fear to come upon you. If you're given to, a, uh, to panic, this could cause, cause that panic to go to new levels in your life. What a great time to initiate some change in your own life and walk that change out and transition into the victory of God. Listen, don't wait till change is forced up on you on the inside to change. Go ahead now and do an inventory. i got areas of my life right now that I'm thinking, Lord, I, I really need to change in that area. It'll help our pastorate. It'll help our field ministry. It'll help those that come to the church. It'll help grow the church. So I'm working on those areas so I can change in those areas, be a better pastor. There's areas I need to change to be a better father, to be a better husband. I, I'm, I'm open to anything that God speaks to me as I delight myself in the Lord and as new desires rise up that bring change and I transition into the victory. That's what our life of faith is. Now notice, let me, I'm going to read it in King James. Uh, thank God for those great translations. But King James, uh, verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit where the Spirit of the Lord there is, there is liberty. Now liberty is a powerful force. You ought to always afford the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, it's liberty. You say, well, what do you mean by that? You know, I can tell you this by my own testimony, and I guarantee you, you can testify to it too. There are things that God has dealt with you, with, dealt with you about over and over and over and over, and He's done it week after week, year after year, month after month, and He continues to deal with you about that. Listen, stop refusing the Word and the Spirit its liberty to impart to you a desire for change. Don't do that. Listen, go ahead and yield to that desire, whatever that change may be. You know, uh, it was a great change for me to learn how to live by faith financially. Listen, I was backslid for many years. I worked hard. I worked in the, uh, as, a, as a longshoreman. I worked offshore. But I ended up in a career in the uh, cable TV industry. And I worked in that uh, for, oh, I don't know, five or six years I worked in that in industry. And I went from just a, a simple laborer to somebody that worked in the very technical part of that. Now this was back in the late 70s and early 80s, so it's much, much more technical than, uh, today than it was back then. But I worked very hard, and, and, and I saw how a good work ethic could produce financially for me. I worked a lot of overtime uh, and you know I was backslid away from God so I ran all kinds of schemes and scams and did all kinds. And listen, I was used to personally producing income for myself. But listen, when God began to speak to me, I'll never forget when I was in Bible school. He spoke to me, He said, you'll never work in the secular world again. I, I, listen, 
I could not, I guess for, a better, for lack of a better term, I could not, that did not compute in my mind. I thought to myself, now how can I ever live if I do not live in the secular world somehow doing something to bring money into my life as I try to become a preacher? That, that was my mindset 36 years ago. Well, the Lord is so gentle. The Lord is so kind. The Lord began to use me. He began to open doors. People began to give offerings. I learned out of those offerings that I got. I learned how to give. I learned how to set up budgets. I learned how to hire staff. I learned how to bring financial administration into field ministry and then into a pastoral or church ministry. It so radically changed my life and my way of thinking that today I can honestly say... I do not live by the labor of my hand. I live by the labor of my heart and by the faith that God has produced in order to live by faith financially. Now, I know many of you, you work a job. God's not going to call you to do the same thing that I do financially. He may have given you a business or a good job, whatever it may be. But still in the midst of that, you can maximize the potential of that business or that job by doing the same thing I did. I had to listen. I had to change before I began to tithe. I had to change before I began to give. My mind was not geared toward that. I had to renew my mind with the Word of God, but I had to give God the liberty. You say, now what do you mean by giving God the liberty? You're going to have to expose yourself to the Word of God through your own study and meditation, and you're going to have to expose yourself to the Word through good teaching. That plants the seed for desire and change in your heart. Then the Scripture says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I love that in the Amplified. Read read that in the Amplified again, Pastor Lee. I love that. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, freedom. And all of us, as with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are, continue, sorry, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, as I was looking at this, the word transfigured, the word change, is literally referring to the Mount of Transfiguration in which Peter, James, and John went upon the mountain with Jesus. And the Bible, I went and looked at the three different uh, reports of that in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it talked about how he began to glow, that his garments became literally translucent. And the light of God, began. one translation said this, the light of God began to emit, come out of, Every part of his body, what was on the inside of the Lord Jesus was made known to those disciples. His glory, his splendor, his majesty was just bursting out of every cell of his body. Transfiguration, the Mount of Transfiguration is what that was called. He was being prepared to bring this newness of life into the earth so that men born into the Adam's, into Adam's fallen family could experience newness of life and all the changes that that newness means. So we all, with open face, beholding as in the Word of God, we look into the Word of God, and what do we behold? We behold the glory of God. Listen, creation is the glory of God. Uh, All that God did through 
through Noah and Moses and Abraham and all of that old covenant. We are, it's the documentation of the glory of God. We see, I like to see it like this. We see the tapestry of it. We see the portrait of the glory of God. But thank God, Jesus came to the earth and He took that tapestry, He took that portrait, He took the glory of all that God did outwardly and He put that glory in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, when you begin to sense in your spirit that there needs to be changes, desire, I, I sure want to be better in this area. I sure want to do better in this area. I sure want to be more effective in this area. I sure, want, I sure need to change in that area. That desire is there. Feed that desire. Feed that on the inside of you. Feed it the Word. Feed it through prayer. Oh, I just, by the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you, there's changes in ministry out there. There's changes in business out there. There's changes in lifestyle. There's changes in marriages. There's changes with your children. There's changes in finances. There's so many changes that are happening right now. We must yield to that change and allow that change to go into the transition period and come out on the victory side of it. That's where God gets the glory. Notice what it says. We are changed from glory to glory. We're not changed from problem, from problem to problem, situation to situation, tragedy to tragedy. No, we're changed from glory to glory. Yes. From one breakthrough, from one victory, from one miracle, from one sign and a wonder to the next, from one gift of the Spirit in operation. I believe in God for a change in this virus. I believe by all these churches preaching on these, on these internet ways and speaking against coronavirus 19 and saying in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you. The stripes upon His back testify to your defeat. You must be broken over our nation and broken over this world. Listen, we get enough people saying that. We get enough churches speaking that. Listen, they'll start coming into these wards full of people and finding them healed. You say, now you're just talking pipe dream and fantasy. Listen, that's not the way I think. I think like this. Nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. We can get in agreement. We can speak against this virus. We can speak against its effect. And the change the devil tried to bring can be replaced by the change that God wants to bring into this earth so that we can see the harvest in life. So, if we were to sum it up, Put it in a point firm form. Point number one, you must understand there's a liberty to change. And you must give God that liberty in your own life. Point number two, you must feed that change. You must feed it the Word. You must feed it by the Spirit. You must feed it in every way that you can so that that change will take place in your life. Number three, you must accept and acknowledge that change and transition is a lifestyle. It's going to go on and on and on until that last great change. You say, what do you mean that last great change? The Bible says we shall be changed in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye. If God is going to end all of this with change, what makes you think you'll accept that change when you've been resistant to every change, every change He's tried to bring to your life? You'll be holding on to some pole right there, kicking or screaming as Jesus is trying to bring you up in the rapture. No, don't be like that. Don't be resistant. Listen, in your own heart, begin to say, Lord, I, I, I rebuke, I resist resistance to change. Change me, O oh God. Change me, O oh God. Every way, let me see how you desire for me to change. 
And as that transition takes place, there may be some discomfort. You may have to go to people and tell them, Hey, I'm sorry, I, this is the way I was, but I'm not going to be like that anymore. This is the way I'm going to be. I'm going to be like the Word says I'm going to be. If you'll do that, I guarantee you, that transition time will be short. You'll accelerate your way through that. And the glory of God will manifest the victory of God in your life. And you'll be able to say, look what the Lord has done. As you change and transition from glory to glory to glory. And as that glory comes out of you. Transfiguring you into that which God desires you to be. You know, I was thinking the other day. I've never preached much at any. I know I've used Job chapter 5 verse 12 many times in reference as I have taught. But I've not taught out of Job much. But this week I was meditating on Job. I was thinking about him. And I was thinking about how Job ended up. Job ended up with double of everything that he lost through what the enemy attacked him with. And I'm not here to cross swords with people over their doctrine when it comes to Job. I see very plainly that fear opened the door for the adversary to attack Job's life. Uh, Job himself testified, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. But this would be interesting. I kind of I went and got Job. I brought, him into, I brought him into 2020. Brought him into a meeting at Island Church, sitting there. Blessed, a blessed man. This is before anything happened to him. And I could see there, uh, as we were ministering in a wonderful Holy Ghost service, maybe during a, a fall harvest meeting or something like that, uh, a word came to Job. Thus saith the Lord, God is going to give you double for everything you have right now. Oh, the blessing of God is going to come upon your life. Oh, God is going to take and He's going to bless you with your cattle and with your camels and with your sheep and with silver and gold and a better home and more land and you're going to have double of everything that you have right now. And so the whole church would stand and rejoice. And after the service, people would be slapping Job on the back. And all the people would be saying, Man, I wish I would have got a word like that. And then three weeks later, Job sits in an ash pile, scraping his sores with sharp rock. And dogs are licking his sores. And his three friends <laughs> are not doing him a whole lot of good. But in Job chapter 19, he makes a declaration. He talks about, I know my Redeemer lives and will stand in the last day upon the... Listen, even in that very uncomfortable transition, Job's eyes were on the Redeemer. Listen, your Redeemer lives. And transition may be difficult right now because of a change that's going on in your life. But if you'll get your eyes on Jesus, no matter what you've gone through to get into the victory, God will bless you with double. You'll have twice as much as you've ever had, twice as much joy, twice as much peace, twi twice as much vision for your life, and the goodness of God shall overtake and bless you in Jesus' name. We love you so much to all of our, our regular folks. We, sure, we miss you so much. We love you and so look forward to seeing you again. But before we close today, I want to talk about two things. First of all, the newness of life. If you're watching us here right now, if you've never been born again or made Jesus your Lord, it's not the great change of life. It's a brand new life. The Bible says it's so easy. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. In so doing, you'll appropriate a salvation provided for you 2,000 years ago by the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a gift that must be received. 
It's been my great privilege over 36 years of ministry to pray this prayer with multitude, thousands of people all over planet Earth. And if you're there this morning and you say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus my Lord and Savior, then I ask you to recognize two things in your own life. Number one, you're a sinner and you need a Savior. Because of sin, which is inherent in all man, because of that you are separated from God. But the reason for Easter, the reason for the cross, the reason for the empty tomb is the new life that God affords us. So if today you recognize, I am a sinner, I need a Savior, we've got good news. We're fixing to introduce you to the Savior of all humanity. Secondly, some of you need a change. You're not walking with the Lord like you should. You've broken fellowship. You need to change the way you've been serving God. Because the way you've been serving God leaves you discouraged, downhearted, and instead of being a blessing to others, you're in constant need of ministry, constant need of help. God wants you to change in your life. He wants to restore His fellowship with you so that you today might be changed by His Word and His power. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Pastor Leo will pray the prayer after me, standing in for all of you that are out there right now. And as I pray this prayer today, receive the newness of life that you need or receive the change and be restored to fellowship in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I come to you, I come to you in, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, recognizing, recognizing I, am a sinner, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In need of a savior. And I thank you, God, I thank you God, that you supply, that you supply a, savior for me. a Savior for me. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And, today, and today, I believe in my heart, I, believe in my heart, I confess with my, I mouth, confess with my mouth that you, Lord, that you, Lord, you raised Him from the you dead. Raised him you did it for me. I believe it. I believe it. I receive it. I receive it. I accept it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, I'm one that needs a change. I'm one that needs a change. I have walked away. I have walked from away my relationship. From my relationship. From my fellowship. From my fellowship with you. With you. But you. But you. Never broke. Never broke that relationship. That relationship. I sense. I sense. You're pulling. You're pulling. You're drawing. You're drawing. So right now. So right now. As the prodigal. As the prodigal. Came to himself. Came to himself. And return to the Father's house. I return. I return. Forgive me. Forgive me. For I have sinned. For I have sinned. I thank you. I thank you. That your blood. That your blood. Right now. Right now. Cleanses me. From all the sin. All the unrighteous. All the unrighteous. I'm right. I am right. And I'll stay right. Stay right. With God. With God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've prayed either of those two prayers. Call us here at Island Church and let us know. We, we could send you some information, a couple of little booklets that will help you know what God has done for you. And I guarantee you, if you'll serve God and allow the changes of God to take place in your life, you will never be the same. Don't forget, every day, two times a day, we come to you with encouragement. There during the day, uh, about 10.45, I believe they put it on at night at 7 to 7.30. I come on with about 10 minutes of encouragement for you. Be sure and watch those. Don't forget our live stream on Wednesday night. Our regular Wednesday night service will continue to teach and minister to you. Don't forget our Good Friday service. 
Prepare with us to receive your communion. We will have communion together and we will rejoice in the Easter season in Jesus' name. Then on Easter Sunday, rise on that morning. Dress yourself as you would to come to church. Let's honor the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, call your loved ones. Call your friends. Ask them. Say, go to church with us on Sunday. Give them the website. Let them come. Let them enjoy the presence and the power of God. And during this week, be sure and touch thriving. What is our, what do you call it? An anonym? Let me see right here. Thriving Christians Helping. There we go. Amen. I made it up and couldn't remember. Thriving <laughs> Christians Helping. Touch a, touch a church friend, church brother or sister. Send them a text. I know some of you are getting texts from me, and uh, uh, I've got more this week I'm going to text. Uh, uh, be sure and touch somebody in the church like that. Send them a text. Give them a phone call. Send them a card. Encourage them. Let me just say this. Church family, if somebody has been on your heart day after day after day after day, that's God speaking to you. Telling you, send them a text. Give them a phone call. Encourage them. That's how the body of Christ and the unity of the body of Christ is strengthened. Somebody maybe in your family. I know Leah was talking to many of her family members this week and encouraging them. All of them live over in Louisiana, which is suffering a much greater impact of this uh, particular uh, sickness or disease. Maybe it's somebody that you work with that every day you can look at them and see that panic in their eyes, that fear in their face. Listen, touch them for Jesus. And if perchance God opens a door and there's a stranger. I've had three or four now that I've been able to minister to, talk to strangers. Tell them, hey, it's going to be okay. Jesus is Lord. God is the God over the whole world. And the devil's not going to outdo him in any way. And I tell you, if you'll do that, you'll be a blessing everywhere you go. Praise God. Let's pray and be dismissed. Father, thank you for the Island Church family, for every person listening, tuning in today. Lord, we thank you for all the visitors that checked in with us, those around the world viewing the broadcast. Thank you for them, Lord God. As we navigate this next week, we declare in the name of Jesus our protection, our safety. We abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you, Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you as we travel on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, or any other way of travel or transportation. Thank you, Father. We are protected by Almighty God. Thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, in the heightened activity at our home, over our children, over our, over our middle schoolers, over our high schoolers, our young adults, all of the men and women of Island Church. We declare no trauma, no terror, no accidents of any kind. We declare we abide under that wonderful shadow, that ever-encompassing shadow of the presence of God. And because of that, a thousand could fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand. But only with our eyes will we behold that which is going on in this fallen world. Thank you, Father, for that open door of utterance. Let the fire of personal evangelism burn. I bless Island Church with that fire in their hearts and in their spirits. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We leave today walking in faith and love towards you. We leave today walking in love toward one another. We leave today as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. 
find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.